everybody. I'm your host, Nicole. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, Miss Tina Kay. Hello, Tina everyone. Kay. How are you, Tina Kay? I'm good, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Excited for um, getting to come back on the podcast and have another great conversation and obviously spend time with you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the feeling is so mutual. Thank you. What's new? <laughs> You know, by the time the podcast gets dropped, it's going to be this weekend. But I think it's really important to mention that today is National Everything You Do Is Right Day. Oh, everything? Everything. So okay. if you if you messed up anything yesterday, it's all good today. So <laughs> <laughs> Today rights the wrongs of yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was so funny because I was looking at other things today and I came across that and but um in all seriousness um it is really a good national day when it comes to dare to rise like we're always looking for the good that comes in our days and opportunities for improvement but so this weekend when people are listening to this just know that whatever you did today was really it was right on right on target (laughs) (laughs) so celebrate (laughs) i absolutely i love that no i love that so much I know you've been busy in the community or with your family. Oh, well, my kids are back in the the soccer swing of things. So soccer season started, which is just fills my heart with so much joy. That's one of my all-time favorite things is watching my kids thrive in the environments that they love and that they're passionate about. And the community coalition that I'm a part of, we are really busy. We're working on a lot of amazing things for our community and supporting um, with education and prevention science and just amazing things in the future. So I don't want to spoil too much, but um, just a lot of great things on the rise and community engagement is just a huge passion to my heart. And talking about community engagement, we have a huge, um, amazing uh, girl boss, woman boss, uh, community <laughs> engager. But we're really so fortunate. I love community engagement. It's a huge passion of mine. And we have an amazing woman on the podcast tonight that is also just as passionate about being engaged in her community. We have Amanda Schleniger on. Amanda is originally from Utah County and resides in Weber County, a place she has called home for the last 20 years. She grew up learning business, construction management, land development within the real estate culture. Her personal philosophy is hustle and heart. How she connects with people on an individual basis and her business style has built a solid foundation, which has put her in the top 1% of her marketplace and the nation. Production, passion, and philanthropy are just a few things that makes Amanda stand out. She gives back to her local community. That includes her nonprofit organization, Spread the Love, that gives back to the local community. The more successful we get, the more we give back. And with that, Amanda, welcome to Dare to Rise. Oh, you're so amazing. You just made me feel really good about myself. 
<laughs> well, we're super honored to have you on our podcast on our and share our platform with you. We're really just so honored to have you on. So thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you so much for the invitation. Honestly, it was it was definitely it's my pleasure. So thank you. So tell us what have you been up to lately? What's going on with you? You know what? In the last, well, I was lucky enough to manifest um, something that's been a goal of mine for probably the last five years, but on my vision board for about the last 10. And that was to host my first women's retreat. It was a five day, uh, four night, full on women's retreat up in the magical mountains of Sundance, Utah. Um, I grew up there for part of my life. So I just know how magical those mountains are. And so we went up there with a group of eight uh, women. Then I had two healers that I flew in from Sedona, Arizona uh, to help co-host as well as a chef and a baker. So wow, there was so much healing and so many breakthroughs that went on. I'm honestly still trying to process how much magic um, took place this weekend. To be honest, it was pretty um, emotional in so many levels, you know, so I'm just very grateful for the women that came, poured their heart and souls out and laid all their cards out on the table and was willing to grow with and from each other. So it's just another thing that, you know, Miss Mandy manifested. (laughs) I love that. What a powerful thing though, to organize. And I love that you said you manifested that. So where did that come from? What inspired you or what made you strive for one day to be able to host a women's retreat? I've done a lot of self-development probably over the last 15 years, but really, really hard over the last 10. Um, I've been to many spiritual retreats all over the world, um, trying to self-develop myself into being the best person that I possibly can be. Um, I've attended every Tommy, Tony, Ro- Tony Robbins um, event over you know, one, you know, I'm actually going into my second time of attending them. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, I have a very colorful background. So um, I wasn't always the successful person, you know, that you introduced me to be. Sorry, I'm kind of emotional. You don't need to apologize. We no. appreciate your being vulnerable and sharing your story. Thank you. It's... um. It's a beautiful disaster is what I say. (laughs) And I always get emotional about it because it's just so, um, I, I kind of honestly don't even realize or pat myself on the back enough of, you know, how far I've come because I'm still trying to just continue to grind and, and climb and grind and climb and change the world for the better. But, um, I've been, um, I was, I was addicted to meth. I became addicted to meth at age 17. Um, and I was homeless on the streets of Ogden and, um, that's actually a lot of the reason why I give back to the homeless a lot and do a lot of the things with my home, with my nonprofit. Um, so when you've had nothing and you've had, uh, you haven't had four walls and a door, you know, to keep you safe, you really know what that means to be able to help people provide that you know, for themselves and their family and the loved ones that they care about most. And so I'm extremely blessed to be a part of that. But that's part of why uh, my business is called Hustle and Heart because I hustle from a place of love. I hustle um, to help manifest other people's dreams into reality, just like I have with my own. Um, 
but I always come from a place of love. And that's why I feel like I, you know, I've been so blessed. Yes. It's been a whole bunch of hard work, grit, dedication, and sacrifices in the name of success to help other people's dreams come into fruition, but with good intentions. And, and I don't take it for granted, but that's another reason why I, I feel like, you know, I've had nothing and I've had everything. And the one thing that really matters at the end of the day is who you are and what you stand for and the legacy that you leave behind and the people that you've helped along the way. And so my nonprofit is, is how I do that. You know, I filter part of my money um, from my real estate business into my nonprofit to be able to give back. That's, that's truly my, my purpose in life is to change people's lives for the better in any way that I can, you know, with every interaction that, that someone comes in in with me, I want to make sure that I leave them better off than when they met me, you know? So that's kind of my philosophy in a nutshell. So yeah. And what a beautiful philosophy that is truly. I think, I think everyone can relate to, um, the struggles and, and the hardships that sometimes life's journey brings us. And instead of letting that, you know, defeat you and break your spirit, you, you know, you, you turned it around and you lit a fire and again, look at the tra- trajectory that you've made so far. And I love that you never lost sight of giving back to those and put, and putting that positive energy out there and showing people love and kindness. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. It's important. Like my nonprofit shirts, it says spread the love, you know, because I feel like, you know, that's my life's mission. <laughs> And the meaning of my name means worthy of love. So it's actually kind of unique. There's always hustle and heart. Everything has to do with love, heart. Um, You know, and to me, that's just my life's mission in life is to make sure that everyone knows that they are worthy of love in any given moment. And they're doing the best they can with what they have in that moment. Sometimes we do better um, than other times. You know what I mean? But once we know better, I feel like, you know, we have to do better. And so that's kind of my promise to myself and my team and the people I surround myself with is, is, you know, we're allowed to be human because we're here having a human experience, but we need to uh, continuously get up and put our best foot forward and, and, and grow and evolve and own our wrongs and, you know, right our wrongs and uh, learn from the opportunities to grow, learning opportunities, they're happening for us, not to us. Oh, I and I know that. that as someone that's been through as much as I have, I mean, that was a brief snippet of my life. I have so many stories that I'm actually going to be working on a book. Oh, um, wow. that? Yeah. And I already know the name. It's going to be worthy of love. The meaning of my name, because that's the bottom line of what, my life mission is, you know, is to make sure everyone knows that they're worthy of love. So I'm going to go into all the, all the, the ugly and the beautiful and everything in between, you know, the ups and downs and ebbs and flows and yeses and no's. (laughs) (laughs) The the real, the real raw of life, the real and raw, the real, the real journey of life. It's not always beautiful. I am curious. Um, you know, you, you, you were just sharing about how you were addicted to math and you were homeless. Did you have helpers along the way that helped you get back on your feet or how did you transition from that situation into becoming, you know, being, be starting your real estate business? How did that all kind of fall into place? 
That's a great question. So I grew up in a family, although they were my parents divorced at the age of two um, and married and divorced three times each. So we were constantly moving, growing. I was constantly the new kid. I was, you know what I mean? I would have stepbrothers and sisters that I wouldn't. And I mean, it was a beautiful disaster in itself. However, um, my mom and dad, I mean, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke. They weren't like super religious, pushing religious views, but they were great people. You know, the, their struggles were relationships and um, not having a lot. They were both self-made. Um, so work, work definitely was something that was bred in our in our family as you work hard and you're honest and the way you treat people is everything. So I grew up knowing I was loved. I was told I was loved. I was shown. I was shown that I was loved. We hug, we kiss in our family. You know what I mean? We sit on each other's laps and hold hands. You know, we are each other's best friends. So it had nothing um, to do with lack of support that I went out and did what I did. It was actually more to do with my curiosity for people that led me in the wrong places, you know, and, and trying to save other people actually led me to where I was. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, I'd been to jail a few times. I had a felony on my record. I, uh, you know, it's not fun, um, being homeless, you know, and not having somewhere safe and, um, scrounging up money to get a pizza stick at the corner mark was a lot of money for me. You know, that was just my priorities and where I was. And, um, I remember my dad would come and find me in the ghetto of Ogden. It's, it's actually pretty ironic because I used to get high in houses right in back of my office. Like I drive by the reminders and the, and, and the old, um, version of myself, you know, daily as reminders actually of where I've been and where I am. But I remember he would come down there and he would make sure, you know, he would find me, um, whether it was in a hotel or where he would always find a way of finding me to make sure I was alive and okay. And he would, um, take me every three months to get me my depot shop. He said, he said to me, he says, you know, Amanda, you're not going to get yourself out of this. That's fine. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't save you. I keep trying, but I can't save you. He goes, but God damn it. I'm not going to let you bring my grandchild into this. Mm. And I was so grateful for that because the babies I have now are the babies that I was meant to, to wait for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for him and my family because without them and their love, just their love, um, you know, that I knew was always there. And I knew what I was doing was, was wrong. Like I knew it was, you know what I mean? I was raised better, but I had to go through that journey. And I believe it was my destiny to do so, so that I could be the force that I am today to help reach other people. And it's kind of the each one, teach one, each one, reach one of like, I made it out. And I believe I'm one of God's soldiers for that reason. I went through the fire. Mm -hmm. to become the phoenix you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so oh, yeah that's why I use my voice and my platform and my nonprofit, and that's why I climbed as high as, as I can go but I try to do everything um to contribute back to my community you know and, and help inspire others to rise above their stories or their circumstances or their situations because 
if I can do it, they can do it. You know, that's just the reality. Like I was 80 pounds. You could pinch your finger through my, through my calf. Like I remember going to my family's for, um, a dinner, you know, and I hated it because I always felt so terrible. I felt so disappointed in myself, um, to go. Cause every time I would just make my whole family cry, they would just cry looking at me like, what happened to her? Where is she? You know what I mean? I'd be sleeping. My mouth would hurt because I wouldn't have eaten forever. So by the time I ate, like my mouth completely hurt. Then my sister pinched her fingers through my calves and like, they were literally afraid of having, of me dying from malnutrition, you know, which was probably on the break, to be honest, of happening. Um, but it made me feel so guilty. You know, it made me feel mm-hmm. so bad. It wasn't that I didn't want to see them. It was that I felt terrible knowing that I knew better. But I also knew that, you know, it was my destiny. Like, you know, once I was in the middle of having nothing, having no one to turn to, because when you're a meth addict and you're 80 pounds and you're walking down the street and you're homeless, you know, and you have no food. And I never got to the point of like panhandling. I always had little crack houses that I would, you know, go to, um, that loved me. Cause here's the weird thing. I was still me. I didn't rob from nobody. I didn't steal from nobody. I didn't cheat nobody. I didn't do anything like that. I was still funny, outgoing. I was still whatever. I was just a fucking crackhead. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I didn't lose the essence or the soul of who I was. I just had to learn some very valuable lessons in a, on a hard path. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it was in the middle of having nothing, no one or not, or anywhere to turn to in the bottom of this deep, dark trench is where I found myself. Mm. And it's where I found my light, you know, searching for um, validation and seeking light outside of myself when really it was when I had no one to turn to, but I found it within me. That's when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and knew it was time for change. I had enough. You know, um, Nicole and I talk a lot about the different challenges that we've gone through. Um, certainly all of us have been through challenges and I know that now I, uh, I've never been addicted to meth or anything like that, but the challenges that I've experienced, I know has prepared me for more compassion, more empathy towards people that are going through those things. And that's what I hear in your voice that you did go through all that. And when you're giving back to the Um, to the community and to these people that are homeless or are meth addicts that you have a a sense of compassion that other people don't understand not having lived on the streets or not having been 80 pounds or anything like that. So I think that um, speaks so much about what, what you have to offer to the community. And when I hear you talking about these retreats, it's the hustle and heart that you've done your life to get to where you're at, but it's also in those moments that you're pausing. And, and I know you're emotional. It makes me emotional, but those are the moments that really we connect with our soul and connect with our purpose. And I hear that in your voice. 
that's a hundred percent what it is. And I know that this is my purpose is to heal people and help them heal themselves. Right. Right. Um, so that's it. You know, I feel like as, as, and I do that through real estate too, you know, because it's so important because I know what it's like to go without that, but it's also so much more than that. Real estate is somewhat of my vessel to allow me this life to be able to fund it into doing more of the fulfillment and the purpose. Mm. That's a hundred percent correct. I'm more compassionate because I am them. You know, when I, when I look at a homeless person on the street, I'm not scared. I'm sad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're still a human being. And I think people lose that the humanity and these people that are, you know, they're strangers and we're, they don't recognize them as that's another human being. That's just, you don't know their life journey. You don't know their struggle or what led them to where they're at. And I, I've shared this with Tina before. Sometimes I have felt like the world has a lack of empathy and compassion. And it's so beautiful because it really radiates in your voice, the compassion and the love and understanding and empathy that you show for just everybody in the community. And that's why it's so important to have people like you that take community engagement truly to your heart. Yes. Thank you. You know what? And that's so true. When I was, when I was homeless, I mean, people walk by you and they don't see you. So when I say when I had no one, nothing or whatever, it wasn't that I didn't have a family. It wasn't that I didn't have, you know, someone to reach out to, but literally when you are not getting a human basic need met, which is connection, right? No one is connecting in your eyes because they're scared of you. They don't get you. So then you're a nobody. And then all of a sudden you're a ghost on the street. Sure. You know, the other crackheads are going to see you and recognize you, but to not have that decency of even just eye contact, you know, for people not to feel like you're worthy of that is just, it's beyond heartbreaking to me. And that's what breaks people down. It's so sad because at the end of the day, homeless or not homeless, you're still a human being. Yes. And you should still be treated with integrity and kindness. Amen. And same with, you know, uh, I mean, to get into it, same with women in battered, you know, women that are battered or abused, you know, they're in abusive relationships. I was in an abusive relationship. I got the shit beat out of me while I was cracked out by my boyfriend. I, you know, when, when I was younger, what led me into drugs was the traumas of sexual abuse, Mm. you know, from Mm. strangers. And so it's like, I, I'm an anomaly of all the things that people could label you as, right? I was a high school dropout because I became a meth addict. Of things of and reasons why I should have probably failed or become a nobody in other people's eyes. But that's not the reality. The reality is, is everybody is somebody. Exactly. And that's why when I say, if I can do it, so can you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It matters where you're willing to do the work to go. Exactly. Are you willing to show up? Are you willing to right your wrongs? Are you willing to say, I'm sorry, or, you know what, I really shouldn't be doing this. So tomorrow I'm going to really try and do better. Or, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so many things that we can do. And so I actually personally, and Tina knows, cause she's been one of my speakers. <laughs> I actually personally take it so much to heart of trying to help people self-develop is I, through my nonprofit in my real estate office host, co-creating a beautiful life series and workshops. Mm -hmm. It's a self-help course um, where I have speakers with beautiful stories like us that go out and 
help inspire people within our community. And it's for free. I pay money to put this on because that's how (laughs) passionate I am. I literally work and hustle to like fund it out, you know, and so many people think I'm so crazy, you know, and I, and, but it's just, it's my purpose. I love, but I think that love and that kindness, and if you want to call it craziness, that craziness of like love and just putting out that positivity, that's contagious. And I, to me, the more you push it out there, it's going to impact somebody. And that's just one other person that's been, you know, impacted in a more positive, better way. And they're better than what they were when they met you. Right. Yep. And that's the thing. And you know what else is important is not just being the me, 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 right? Miss Nandy like has a presence, but <laughs> come, come spread the love with me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Come make a difference with me. Let me invite you into my world and show you it's not so scary. Let me show you how to have sympathy and compassion. Because if you don't know, some people don't know what they don't know. Oh, absolutely. But if you gave them the opportunity, so many people would be willing to take advantage. So to me, it's a movement. It's like spread the love is a movement. Like I want you to feel it. I want you to come out and make a difference with me. Like me and a girlfriend of mine, uh, Erin Lund, she owns Lund Floral. We go out uh, once a year and we uh, give out a thousand flowers and roses to random people in the streets of downtown. I love that. Just to remind them that they are loved. Right. And these are people that are like, but why? You know what I mean? So many people, it's so sad, are wondering why someone would go out of their time, out of their day and want to do this for them. And it's like, because you know what? Love is unconditional. Exactly. It should never be conditional. That's the problem people have in the world and why so many marriages fail and or relationships fail is because people are like, well, if you do this, I'll do that or tit for tat or it's too conditional. You know, so if we go back to the essence of who we are. We are love as beings, in my opinion. So it's my job since I know that to make sure that I embody that and I try to inspire and invite anyone else to come um, be part of the movement. I call it the love squad. Well, (laughs) and I in the love squad. Well, and I love that you came on dare to rise because everything you're talking about is why we want people like you in the community to come on to the podcast, to share your story, because let's educate people. Let's let people know what opportunities are available for them to get engaged, to get involved so they can be a part of your spread the love movement. For example, I think that's just the power of engagement and, and conversations. Yes. Amen. Uh, It's the power of people, right? And especially when people unite, we can do so much more in numbers than we can do alone. We, you know, everyone wants to be at the top and be like this and you know what I mean? And do all these things. And to me, it's like, do you know how many, how many things we could accomplish with so many different skill sets together? That's where the beauty lies is everyone has a different color to paint this canvas together. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about community is it's like, you're, you can be, I'm turquoise and you're pastel pink and, you know, (laughs) she's a vibrant red and like, let's go paint this. I love that. A vibrant red. (laughs) I love that. I feel like. All this synergy that happens, like, you know, you spend only you spend less than five minutes with Miss Mandy and you're you're feeling the love. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I love that though, because truly that kind of energy is contagious in the right way. And we need more of that, especially through, you know, I know for a lot of people, they'll say 2020, what a year, but what a year, I called it my stretch season, truly, or stretch year, but what a great learning opportunity for growth and for self-development for ourselves, if that's what you chose to do with it. But truly that's the, that's the beauty of this world is, or life is taking the hardships, taking our struggles, our learning opportunities and growing and utilizing the things that we have learned and educating and sharing that with other people and rising up together. Like you were saying, um, Miss Mandy, not just you worrying about going to the top, bringing up other people, sharing your story along, um, to bring other people along with you. Yes. And you know, it's funny you say that like 2020, like to me, once again, sounds cliche. It was another beautiful disaster of a year and it really helped me. I I write Miss Mandy's motivational moments, right? Which is me speaking from my soul, things that I feel and some are present, some are from the past traumas or whatever, but I work through it in words and I put it out on my social media platforms. But I did one specifically, a couple of them specifically in regards to my perspective on 2020. And, And I felt like I got 2020 vision, you know, on it. And what I mean by that is... I literally, because being a visionary and being someone that feels like I have a good, a a huge purpose in life, um, I try to do so many things because I feel like I have so far and such a big difference to make in the world, right? Like I went through this for a reason. I got to make sure that I like, you know, spread the love as far and as much and as high as I can go. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm literally on this, you know, constant grind, which is beautiful. But what it did for me was this. It made me evaluate some of the things that are most important, which is obviously my family and myself, right? It gave me the time, the place, the space, and the grace to literally get dialed into, okay, if I'm doing these things for the people that I love most, sometimes I get so high achieved mindset that I put them on the back burner. Meaning I come home drained. I come home emotionally spent trying to save all these people. And so that's what 2020 did for me is it helped me reevaluate like, okay, maybe I don't need to sell 96 homes. Maybe I don't need to sell 75 homes or 50. I did 50 last year, which is still amazing for, you know what I mean? Any one agent to do, and especially during the middle of a pandemic, but 50 was good for me. I spent a lot more time with my family last year and I was able to get rid of things that no longer serve me, Mm. you know, where I didn't have the time to evaluate that before because I was just so growth mindset. Bring me to church, (laughs) Miss Mandy. I hear I'm I'm like, preach. (laughs) Hey, it's so funny you say that. So many people tell me, preach. Like like, you're taking me to church right now. Keep going. (laughs) I've been told that a million times. It's so funny. And I've actually had thoughts of being a preacher. Oh, I don't know why, but it's it's maybe one day, maybe one day it's in the cards. I don't know. I don't know if they allow the word F-U-C-K so much, but um, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. But But yeah, but it's like, it it gave me that time to really get dialed into what it is that I do or do not want in, in my life and to really reprioritize and say, okay, I'm on a great mission and I have great intentions, but what is the order in which these things need to be done? 
Absolutely. My tier one and myself need to be nurtured first. I mean, I was going to where I wasn't eating until I I still am bad at this, but till like four or five o'clock at night. And I can't even sleep. I'm working in my sleep. You know, I literally dream work stuff. So it it had to be um, cleaned up and reprioritized. Um, I guess some people would say, you know, work on that balance a little bit. but also allow myself the grace to know that I'm perfectly imperfect. And we all are. Yeah. I say that a lot too, Miss Mandy. (laughs) I'm like, that is something that I just know, honey, living my life. I just know it. That's right. Perfect, but I'm perfectly imperfect. (laughs) I love it. I I think the same thing, like, uh, Oh gosh, there's so much I could say. You're just you're drilling my brain. She took you to church. (laughs) She did. I'm like, amen. But I think about like the jobs that like Nicole and I have day jobs. This is our passion project, you know, to have this podcast. But um taking that pause and taking that moment to realize that in a in a sad way, you're replaceable. Like somebody else is gonna come in behind you, they're gonna read your emails, they're gonna lead a program, they're gonna do all these things. And and keeping that in perspective um on where your focus is really most important and having that balance. And um many times I know uh I was a uh I'll say I was a hustle and heart girl and yes. just um you know busting and and excelling and doing all these things and I never tried to do it at the disadvantage of my children, but they grow up so fast. Yeah. And so this last year, just making sure that I honor them and the time that I have while they're with me and treasuring every moment, because I feel so much in my own cup when I'm making that priority of spending with my family. And that's because that role is not that role is not replaceable. Exactly. Amen. And those people are not replaceable. Those people are like, you know, if it's for them, they need to be my number one. Like, you know, although I had good intentions, I need to rearrange the placement of what comes first in my life, you know, Um, because life happens and sometimes things just get out of control. And, you know, honestly, it's the same thing. Honestly, Tina, it was, it was me looking at my kids when I finally had a second to like, sit down for long enough and realize, holy shit, they have completely grown. Like where did the go? And now my kid is 14 and he's almost six foot. I'm just like, what happened to my baby? Like, I don't have many years left with him. So I'm like, I'm slow in my role and I'm starting to make them my number one, um, next to myself, you know? And actually that's the other thing is self-love. Like, I can't give if I'm not taking care of myself and eating and working out and doing these things. Like I start to get, you know, to where I'm super worn down to where my body like wants to shut down. It's like, listen, you're not going to slow down. So I'm going <laughs> to give you a migraine and I'm going to, and you're going down for a week. So that's like what my body does. Cause it knows I won't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And so well, I'm starting to pay attention and like trying to teach myself and hold myself accountable to better ways, you know, because once I know better, 
I got to do better. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So Delta's right. When they say, put your mask on first. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And and we're not sponsored by Delta, but Delta, if you're listening, you know, (laughs) good job, Delta. But really though, like you were just saying though, if you don't fill your own cup, how are you supposed to fill the cups of those that are most important to you? And truly we, as mothers, we, we always knew our children are number one. They are our number ones. Our families are number one, but you know, for your job, you're thinking, this is how I provide for my family. Mm-hmm. So you're, you get in the grind of things and the hustle and you get so consumed in that. Like you were just saying, um, Miss Mandy, before you know it, your, your, your kids six foot tall and 14 years old, and they're not a five-year-old anymore. And that time just goes by so quickly. And so that's really why I called last 2020, I called it my stretch season. It was a reshift of, or a reset of my mindset and really remembering my why, my purpose, my priorities. And so for, I just challenge everybody, just remember your, your why and being present in that moment, because before you know it, those, especially with those little ones, they're not little anymore. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, it's important that they know, Um, here's a cool thing. My kids never gave me a guilt trip. They knew what I was doing was for such a good cause. Um, So thank goodness I didn't have any, you know, resentful kids or anything like that. It was me being hard on me again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always came home and told them I loved them and tucked them into bed and, and read them a book, but it just wasn't quite balanced to the point that I could say, you know what, they know why without a shadow of a doubt, like they are number one, you know? And so I know they know that. And I know that I know that I feel that way. But also there was just certain things like if I'm at the office till 11 o'clock at night, like that's not okay. No, or if I'm getting home at 10 and they're waiting to have dinner, you know, cause they're super sweet and they want to have dinner with their mom. And I'm like, that's so rude of me. Like, you know what I mean? With the best of intentions, but it's just, it's time. It's yeah. time. For and me that to- balance is important, but that balance is to me just setting it up as this, you're not always going to be perfect at it, but it's striving to achieve, you know, whatever balance that looks like to you. Don't be doing 11 o'clock at night at work. (laughs) Been there, done that by the way, but I'm just saying, don't do that. You burn yourself out way too fast. (laughs) And I've done it for 10 years. That's the life I've lived for 10 years. So literally COVID, you know what I mean? Gave me the opportunity to readjust. And I'm super grateful for the time I got, you know, I'm sad that it took a pandemic to, you know, wake me up. I'm sad that it took someone else saying, Hey, you can't go to the store. Hey, you can't go in the streets. You know, you can't go uh, distract yourself with movies or, or going out to dinner or all those things that we keep running, running, running on top of already running right? and doing it was just time to simplify my life and settle down. And I look at it like this, like, you know, you can go to the gym and work out a muscle, but if you don't give it time to rest, you're never going to truly grow that muscle. You're never going to get where it is you want to go. And that's kind of like what it was that, that this has done for me. It's reminded me to rest so that I can recover and then go back at it. You know, what I find so interesting is the pandemic was actually a time of healing. So much as the sickness and people being ill, there was so much healing that I think so many of us got from it, even if it was taking a minute. And for me, I'm excited. I can make dinner and have my kids around the table with me. That's not, that's not something I always 
put attention to, you know, because everybody's yeah. busy and those little moments. So in saying that kind of stuff, Miss Mandy, yes. what would be some advice that you would give your your younger version, your younger self? Oh, so if I could go back to a little Mandy, um, I would just tell her to continue embracing, you know, the ebbs and the flows and the highs and the lows and remember who you are and what you stand for and realize that, you know, you're doing the best that, that you can in any, in any given moment with what you have. All my same things. You're going to be perfectly imperfect just as you are. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, last but not least, you're worthy of love. Mm. I think that's so important. I think so many people forget that you are worthy of being loved and loving yourself. You need to love yourself. That's self-love. It's not selfish. It's necessary because at the end of the day, I cannot love you if I do not love myself. People only love at the depths in which they love themselves. And that is why, you know, you'll see people that can't love other people. Well, really, it has to do with them, not the other person, you know, and and for whatever reason, their nature and nurture have led them there. But I've realized this. I mean, you know, I, I truly love myself for everything that I've been through. And I think that little girl that went through so much stuff was so strong and so brave and just so beautiful. You know, and she didn't always know that, Um, but she knows that today. Mm -hmm. She knows it today. So I'm going to ask you something. I haven't asked a guest before. Um, There's a moment in my life I can picture myself sitting on a porch and I give myself a hug. And for whatever reason, that's the moment I always go back to. So for you, what... If you could give yourself a hug, can you picture that in your mind? Like where you were at? Yes. It's funny you say this because I, I always go to it um, in my meditations. Um, I lived up Provo Canyon and I had a braid, a French braid down the back of my hair. And I took my shirt off and I was standing in the river. I didn't have boobs at the time. I was probably like eight or nine, you know, just this little pure girl. And I remember she would daydream and she would make believe and she would climb on the mountains and build forts and build anything that she wanted. Like I was so brave in every way and so loving and nurturing. Like I would just go back to her and say, just stay, stay everything that you are. You know, don't let the stories and the ego get in your head. Everything's going to be okay. Oh my gosh. Gives me goosebumps. Like just, just embracing ourselves in those younger years and the love and um, patience and grace and like, you're so much more powerful than you even know. (laughs) And I wish we had some of that knowledge, but yet I don't think we would grow as much as if we did, you know, it has to happen a certain way. I believe and then we just cherish it when we, when we start solving our puzzle pieces. <laughs> and that's it. You know, honestly, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I know I went through every single thing that I went through hindsight. I know why. And new, and I know that it served its purpose. So now that I know that I find comfort when I am now facing 
obstacles or challenges or opportunities to grow because I know that it's here to serve me and my highest power. And it's not always pretty and it's not always fun. <laughs> and it's sometimes scary. And you want to like go jump off a cliff sometimes. Or, you know, Wear a parachute. Wear a parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I love to skydive for that reason. I know. I got to get out of my head. It gets me back into my heart. Literally, I skydive to get out of my head and back into my heart and do something that scares me. But yeah, I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I know that in my heart and soul, there's a knowing of that. I wouldn't go through everything that I went through for no reason. I, I just, I know that with some of the spiritual stuff that I've done and gone through and the knowing. So it's, it's, it's sad when people don't understand that and they start, um, padding up the layers of the wounds and becoming the victim mindset and, or angry or sad, not, not knowing or having the tools to help themselves, um, really flip it from a negative to a positive. And that's why I think I give those opportunities in my community to people is because you don't have to suffer. Mm. You know, you can surrender Mm -hmm. to the circumstances and you can learn the tools, right? Because a lot of the times we feel so alone, but really you know how many people are probably feeling the same way or have gone through the same thing that if we just opened up and talked about it, we could shorten the curve on the learning, you know, and the suffering and the pain. Like, Hey, I tried X, Y, Z when I went through that. See if that helps. Hey, thanks so much. That helped me so much. Like it helped me get out of my funk. I was kind of digging myself a grave there. It's not weak or it's not weak for us to admit, or it's not, I believe that there is strength admitting when we are weak. There is strength admitting when we are weak. It takes a strong person to say, Hey, I don't have it all figured out and I need help. Can you help me? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's daring greatly, right? Mm -hmm. That's being brave. That's the man in the arena. That's my kind of shit right there. Absolutely. Oh, my ass in the arena all the time. <laughs> I, Tina knows this. I connect to that. That's one of my favorite quotes, favorite stories. And I, I think if you haven't checked out the man in the arena, you definitely should um, by Roosevelt. That's pretty powerful. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to um, change it to the Manda. I love that. No, but I do think that's so important because a lot of that, you know, going just, we're going to dive into man in the arena real quick is about, you know, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. And if you're out there and you're getting your butt kicked, Hey, at least I, I dared to live my truth. I dared to be authentic. And if I failed, at least I failed being authentic to myself. And I, and I, and I put myself out there. Right. And I'm living my truth. Amen. And you know, anyone sitting on the bleachers has criticizing no and judge me. <laughs> judging. No, thank you. Yeah. Unless you have dirt on your face too. I don't, I don't even, we don't have I time don't for this. About your feedback. Yeah. But. We don't have time, but that's why instead of judging, you know, I love that you were just sharing, why aren't we talking? Let's help each other, yeah. you know, to the finish line. Let's share yep. our story, share what's worked, connect with people, not, um, it's, it's interesting when we start having conversations, we feel like there's so there's way more connection and relatability to the journey that I've been on. Wow. You've been through that too. There was, and Tina knows this, but, um, there was a time in my life where, you know, you know, the secrets that we keep and I was so 
embarrassed or I had a lot of shame that was, I'm not sharing anything that I'm going through because everyone will think what a loser or what's wrong with her because I was embarrassed. And then finally, it was just a a breakdown just of, you know what, if you're meant to be my people, you're going to be my people regardless. And this is what I'm going through. And it was oh my gosh, Nicole, I've been going through a similar situation or, Hey, I've been through that too. And just feeling like instantly I wasn't alone and I'm not, um, you know, that feeling of shame just kind of lifted and it was, oh my gosh, there's so much connect. There's connection here. I'm not alone and isolated. And I was allowing myself to be isolated because I was so worried about what other people were going to say. Yep. It's almost like we judge ourselves. Yes but yet don't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. The hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that ironic? So it's like, once we accept ourselves for who we are, I believe others can accept us as well. Absolutely. Kind of like the love thing until Mm -hmm. I love myself, I'm not going to truly love you, you know? So really when I say it comes down to us, it a hundred percent does, you know? And so if I'm willing to say, okay, there's no skeletons in my closet. No one can get to me. No one can do whatever. And if they don't accept me, they probably don't accept themselves. And I feel bad for them at that point. Absolutely. Well, they're not your kind of people and that's okay too. Not everyone's gonna um, jail or drive together, but you're not my kind of people anyways. And so my younger self to my, my 30 something self now and everything, (laughs) it's just a totally different transition. So I I think that it's just so important for people just to accept yourself and accept the journey that you, you you're on and that mm-hmm. you're going to continue to go on. I do have a question for you, Miss Mandy. Yeah. What would you say, you know, through your experiences, what would your advice or guidance be for our listeners who are struggling with self-love or forgiveness for past um, challenges that they faced? Do you know what I think? Number one is getting into a state of solitude, right? Disregarding what other people say say, think, feel, have expectations of you. Those things are, are non, are not valid. Um, you know, get dialed into what makes you feel good. What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? Can you do something about it? Can you not do something about it? You know, at the end of the day, going inwards is where we find all the answers. A lot of the times we're programmed, you know, to seek outside of ourselves Buy this and you'll feel like you're enough. You know, have the house on the hill and you've made it. (laughs) Have this hot, you know, get it, go put boobs in your body. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a husband. He'll want to keep you forever. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? When we actually stop seeking validation outside of ourselves, whether it's for the things or the people or the places, whatever it is, and we accept ourselves and get real, real with the conversations with ourselves and start having healthy conversations and boundaries with ourselves, the rest will fall into place. Self-love is not something that comes easy. It's very simple. Should I be doing this? Yes or no. Should I be doing this? Yes or no. You know, it's simple things, but it's not always easy because that takes looking in the mirror that takes putting yourself in the arena that takes, you know, wiping the war paint on your face and saying, I'm ready, bring it on. You know, not everybody's going to want to do that work, but if they truly want to master the art of fulfillment, self-love, um, you know, acceptance, vulnerability, and do all those things that they probably admire in other people, it's going to take doing those things. 
you know? So here's what I'm going to say. Stop seeking validation outside of yourself. Go inwards, love yourself because you're worthy of love and let the rest fall into place. That's beautiful advice. Thank you. It's beautiful advice. I think about, um, sometimes we all feel a little bit broken, but we're all put together and we have a lot of hidden scars that we, we don't openly show. And, and so I think about, you know, how we started the conversation talking about the homeless people and, and, um, acknowledging them, you know, getting down on their level. And then I think, you know, the, the people that aren't homeless either, that we just walk by along the street and don't even look at, they're going through just as many challenges. It's just not as obvious. Yes. And yeah. Yes. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, yeah, no. And that's why it's important. And that's why I do announcements of like, Hey, this is open to the public. Like you don't have to be homeless for, for us to want to help you or grow with and from each other. Like yeah. these are, you know, some of the people that look the most put together are the ones that are just with the biggest facades, mm-hmm. you know, wearing the masks because they mask it with all those things that you're supposed to go by and do and da, 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 when really they're beautifully broken inside, you know, and as the old saying goes, you know, it's okay to be broken because that's how the light gets in. Mm-hmm. Oh, like. I love that. But really, it's okay. I think we've all heard that it's, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay <laughs> not, right. And it's okay. Like you, I love what you just said, Miss Mandy. It's, it's okay to be broken. Like that's really how the light gets in. I think it's so interesting. And I I don't know if what we want to say culturally or or society standards, it's you have to be perfect. You have to have it all together. And that's just not a realistic. It's not, it's not reality. That's not a true thing for day to day with life's journey and the things that fall into fall into people's paths. And I think I love that we're having this conversation because we're normalizing that life is hard and life has challenges, but it doesn't need to be as difficult as we sometimes make it. And it's okay to go through those obstacles and don't give up on believing in yourself and that you can rise above anything. Amen. And not only is it okay, it's encouraged to go through those growing pains because that's where you truly grow is in those moments where you're forced to the brink of like, can I do this? <laughs> and you show up for yourself, right? Yes. It's like, oh, there you are, Peter. <laughs> you're happy, you know, you're happy face. And now you can fly. It's like, it's so rewarding to know that you can do these things and show up for yourself that way. Um, I just think that we owe it to ourselves to show ourselves a little bit more love and compassion um, the same way we would our children. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's so funny. I feel like, you know, back in the day, cartoons were kind of onto something where they had like the, the devil and the angel on the shoulder. <laughs> like I learned a lot from cartoon, like reflecting back on cartoons. I'm like, there's so many lessons in these cartoons that like we really took for granted. They were really, you know, we laughed at them, but they're true. Like we have this little drunk monkey that's back here. Like, but are you sure you can do it? And it's like <laughs> right outside of your peripheral vision, but it's always sitting there trying to take up your headspace. <laughs> and like go to bed, you know, like I got this. So I think the more that you practice things like uh, positive affirmations, I do those every morning, you know, and I look at that as my armor um, to arm up, armor up, because I know when I go into the world, 
shit's going to come at me, you know, it's going to, but if I'm prepared and I'm proactive in my approach, because once I know better, I got to do better. Then I, it makes it to where things just start bouncing off. It's like, Oh, I got my armor on. I'm good. Like, you know, then I go home and I have a nighttime ritual where I'm all about energy. So I'm like, I'm washing off other people's energy off of me and doing my own rituals to keep me grounded, to keep me centered because I can't control what's going on in the world, but I can control how I respond to it. Absolutely. You know? And so that's a promise to myself is like, you, I, you got you, girl. And that's how I look at it. You know, like I got to be good with me and take mm-hmm. care of me. And if I don't love me, why would anyone else love me? Mm. It's an unrealistic expectation. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. absolutely. It is. That's why self-love is so imperative. It really is in, in the journey of life. And I hope that everyone can strive for, to really, truly love yourself. Cause when you get to that place, it's pretty awesome how your, your other relationships, especially those that you're closest with start to really blossom and bloom into something pretty beautiful. Amen. Amen. Preach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I take you to church too, Miss Mandy. Yes. yes. <laughs> no. Um, so Miss Mandy, let's yes. talk a little bit about what you have going on in the present and the future, what new exciting things do you have on the horizon for you? Oh, you know what? So, um, what is new is I am going to be working on a soul sanctuary and healing house. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, where I can host these retreats on a regular basis. Um, I bought two acres up at Clausie Estates and I'm also purchasing a home on the Ogden river. Um, to be able to Airbnb and host retreats at. So um, I'm also going to be hosting more regular. I'm I'm launching a uh, women's group um, to do with all of this. I almost started it last September. I had about 75 applications from women that wanted to be a part of it um, where we can help each other grow with and from each other and um, do exactly what we're doing right now, right? You know, with them for each other. Um, So that's going to be launched ASAP as well, because I believe that the world um, needs it more than ever. But I didn't quite finish it last year due to the uncertainty of things being open and closed and people being scared of getting together and not. And I just didn't want to get into it and have the carpet ripped out from under me. So I feel like it's time. Intuitively, I've... um, connected to source through my meditations. And I, and I know that it's time now. So that on top of, you know, just trying to sell as many houses I can in a market that has no houses on the market. So it's crazy. Right anyone now. has any houses <laughs> they want to sell or buy, please come to me. I would love the opportunity so I could continue to grow, um, you know, the other side of things. So other than that, Honestly, I'm just so excited for the springtime and to plant my garden and um, connect with those that I love most. You know, that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. Well, I'm absolutely so excited. Tina Kay, I know you're excited, too, for this soul sanctuary. I think that is such a needed thing in the community. And to have that resource is going to be invaluable. That is so exciting. I agree. Thanks. Thank you. I'm super stoked about it. And if you do open up a church, I'll, I'll find a seat on the front row. (laughs) 
I'm really not even kidding. That is, oh, I, but it's something that's been there. I'm like, okay, I don't know why. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but I'm like, okay, maybe. Like, I've been told it every time I get very passionate, you know, I'm always told that, like, preach, take me to church. Ew. I just, I just see you under a big tent outside. Yes. Yes. It's got to be like my hippie tent. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, okay, we got to be connected to earth, you know, and all these things. Uh-huh. And stage or some polysanto. It's great. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. So is there anything that you have on what is on Miss Mandy's vision board? Because you've talked about this soul sanctuary. You mentioned about possibly writing or you're going to be writing this book. Yep. I'm going to say you're writing this book. Yep. We're going to already set the intention. It's going to happen. So what else yes. is on your vision board? So, I mean, if we go all the way through them, so it's doing the podcast. And actually part of the podcast room is for the women's group to come in and share their stories. Mm. So as we're connecting and getting to know each other, you know, I, I want to get girls that would normally not share their stories or feel comfortable to come out and help inspire and grow other girls in the group per se. Um, so there's the podcast room. There's my co-creating a beautiful life series and workshops still going on. Um, there is the healing house and soul sanctuary, um, a couple of investment properties and, Selling a lot of homes, writing my book is very important to me and honestly contributing, you know, to the community and to others and helping each other grow with and with, with and from each other is, is on there. But, and of course my family, like spending so much time with my family and getting dialed into my own, um, my own health and my own wants and needs a little bit more so that I can continue to love myself first. Oh, I love that. And so for our audience, our DTR family, Miss Mandy's podcast is called I Am Your Home Girl. And so when that gets launched, we'll make sure to let you guys know when that's available for you guys to tune in and listen and to support Miss Mandy and the conversations and the voices she's going to be lifting on her platform when that's oh, available. Thank you. We're all about support here. And I, truly community engagement is really important and close to my heart. And I think the more that people get involved and get engaged, that's where real change, like you were just saying earlier, you know, we're powerful in numbers. And that's yeah. really how we're going to see real lasting change in our communities in the way that we're wanting it to be this positive, inclusive beautiful environment. And it really takes people getting engaged and getting involved and tuning into what's going on. And if you see something you don't like, you know, get active, do something about it. Just do don't sit there. exactly mm-hmm. do something about it. Just don't sit there and, and complain. And, and if you're meeting, you're on your journey of self-discovery and healing yourself, obviously Miss Mandy has a, some amazing opportunities that she's providing for the yeah. community, which is just amazing. We need more people like you being engaged. Thank you. Thank you. I believe so as well. So I'm like, I got sick and tired of waiting. So I did something about it. <laughs> isn't it, it's, isn't that interesting? We, we okay. sit around and that's even how really with DTR too, it was, Oh, you know, someone will invite us to be on a podcast, right. Or someone say, will. yeah. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. And we will already say, yes, we would love to be on your platform, but it was just, you know, we, there's, 
women out there are going to create a, a format and we'll be invited and we'll be engaged that way. And, and just all of these excuses or stories we tell our, ourselves. And then Tina, I remember I called her and we, we made this plan to make this happen. And then, oh, we're going to do it and we're going to do it. And then finally it was like, no, damn it. Let's just get this done <laughs> yes. and do it. But it was just, you know, we, we, you see something just don't sit idle, get out there and just put yourself out there and make it happen. I agree. Don't wait for other people to create an opportunity for you. You create it yep. for yourself. Yep. Amen. And I'm so glad that you guys did. I've listened to your guys' shows and I'm just, I'm seriously so proud of you both because it's, it's a great podcast. Like, and I don't say that like to be cheesy or anything like that. Like I, I genuinely mean that. I think what you're doing is healing in itself you're helping people heal themselves, right? And you're helping them speak their truths and, or, you know, maybe get a little bit of recognition that they wouldn't normally get as small business owners. Like it kind of gives them a chance to like pat themselves on the back, but really someone else is doing it for them. So mm-hmm. props to you girls for, for doing what you do, because I know you both hustle, um, you know, day jobs as well. And this is more of your passion as well. So I know what it takes and so I'm just going to say props to you both and good job. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. You're no, so- it really does. Miss Mandy, thank you so much for coming on Dare to Rise tonight. It was such a honor to share this space with you. And thank you for sharing your real authentic story, your journey. It, it's, mm-hmm. I love that you it's a beautiful disaster and <laughs> it's so relatable though. It really is relatable. And I think it's amazing that you overcame so much. And I love the beautiful success and the beauty that you're sharing to everyone that you meet. I love that each engagement you leave people wanting to feel more loved than when they first met you. Amen. Thank you, babes. So Nicole, that conversation with Miss Mandy, it was so heartfelt, uh, so vulnerable for her to share her story and really touched my heart with her experience and, and how she looks at her community, how she looks at people and how she sees people. Absolutely. And I loved her focus on showing people love and compassion. Mm-hmm. And it really just love is such an important part of the work she does and in her, in her business and her nonprofit. And I just love her message of sharing the spreading the love, sharing that love. I think that is such a, a powerful movement. Yeah, it really drives um, who she is, who she's become. And and I think our um, I think certainly I look at where I've been and and how that has molded and and shaped me. Um, And I can see her story, how that has really brought her to be the person that she is and how how generous and loving she is to her community, to herself, to her family. So I think it's something for our listeners to think about is how some of our experiences, although difficult, how they have helped shape who we are and, and then consider how we can use that to, um, to push momentum back into our community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuel your fire and not let those hardships break you. Yeah. And learn from, and truly look at them as learning opportunities. Even if it, even if it takes you, you know, down the road to you, for you to be able to realize that, but every challenge we have is a learning opportunity for us to 
grow as people and to be better and to do better. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated her when she was explaining and, you know, sharing her, her journey, battling and dealing with being homeless Mm -hmm. and overcoming addiction and just acknowledging people's humanity and seeing people and the importance of, you know, even if it's not, you know, somebody who's being impacted by homeless, homelessness, if it's just a stranger on a street, give somebody a smile, just acknowledge people and be kind and spread the love as Miss Mandy was sharing. So that sounds like a pretty good call to action to me. So just seeing, seeing each other and spreading the love. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Let's acknowledge people. Let's treat each other with compassion and kindness. And as Miss Mandy put it, spread the love. Well, Nicole, I think it's that time where we (laughs) say, uh, you know, there's a lot we can do and a lot we, we experience, but we can always dare to rise. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll have all of Miss Mandy's information for her nonprofit and her social media platforms in our bio for tonight's podcast. And again, thank you guys so much for um, supporting Tina and I in this journey that we're on. And we just will tune with you guys or we will chat with you guys next time. Thank you so much. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring you away. Party in the club like that track from Fitty. Cause life is so good. Let's go and vibe with me. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring you with me. This is what I'm doing. Tell me that you want to do it with me. This is what I'm doing. Tell me.